Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Good morning, church. You guys could please be, be seated. Can we all agree for a second that what's happening in our state has absolutely nothing to do with politics? That it's a battle between good and evil, light and darkness? That's what's taking place here in California. It's a spiritual battle that we're in. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm obviously not a politician. I'm the grandson of a man who fled communist Cuba to pursue the American dream. And I think we would all agree that that American dream is on life support right now, right? So I'm married to a woman named Jennifer. We've been married for 25 years. We have five beautiful children. Four biological, one adopted, and we were foster care parents for a season of our life as well. I'm also a business owner. A little over 20 years ago, my wife and I were eating hamburger helper without the meat in a small little apartment because we couldn't afford the ground beef. 20 years later, I built that company up to what Inc. Magazine called one of the fastest growing privately held companies in America. I did that through God's good grace and a supportive wife. Why is that important? Because California doesn't just need a governor, we need a CEO. So in 2021, right, I th all of us, we, we were leaving 2020 and we thought we were going back to normal. We started to send our kids back to school. I had a 14-year-old daughter at the time, she's 15 now. And I started to hear about what was being taught in our school system. Critical race theory, gender studies, sexuality, conversations were being had with our children that should never take place outside of our home. And I told my wife, I said, California is on fire. I started to see the attack on our medical freedom, homelessness rise, businesses that were still shut, churches that were shut. I started to tell my wife, California's on fire and we need to get out of this burning building. And like so many people, and I'm sure everyone in here knows at least one person that either contemplated leaving or has already left. And I told my wife, we're out of here. We need to get out of this burning building and we need to go to Florida. And my wife, she dug her heels in and she said, Anthony, you're gonna stop and you're gonna think about what we're leaving behind. And as any good husband would do, I said, absolutely not. I said, we're going to Florida. She says, no, I want you to stop and I want you to really think about what we're leaving behind. So I did, I turned back thinking I would see California as this burning building that I just needed to escape from and God opened my eyes. When I looked back at California, I saw a burning building but I also saw 40 million people trapped inside. I saw my mom, my dad, my brothers, sisters, my nephews, nieces, employees, our church, and millions of other faces that couldn't just up and leave. And I'm trying to raise boys into men. And what would it show them if when times got tough, we just up and left? That when, when you know, I've, I've always told them, if you cannot find the solution, you become the solution. And I knew in that moment that what I did next would mean more than anything I had said to them previously. So I arm wrestled with God. 
And I don't know if you guys have arm wrestled with God, but he always wins. And I said, fine, I understand there's a need, but what do you want me to do about it? What do I do about it? Never ask God a question you don't want him to answer. He said, I want you to turn around and run into that burning building and save as many people as you can. And for us, that meant a run for governor, not because I want to be a politician, because I do not, but it's because I do not believe a politician is going to save us. I believe the future of our state and our nation rests firmly on the shoulders of the church. And I believe that God's hand is on this. So let me tell you a quick story. I was in Sacramento. Destiny Church, Pastor Greg Farrington prayed for me. He said, Anthony, a year ago I was in Israel. I visited the exact spot where David defeated Goliath. He said, I actually went to the riverbed where David pulled out his five smooth stones and I pulled this stone out of the riverbed. And he said, I want you to have this stone because I truly believe you're in a David and Goliath battle. How many believe there's a giant in Sacramento that needs to be slayed? Well, it just so happens that my middle name is David. And with your vote, I'll be your 41st governor of California. Thank you. Come on. Wow. What an, what an honor to have you here with us, Anthony. It's an honor to be here. Awaken Church has been like our second home. We love all of your pastors. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. You, you inspire us to, to believe for the impossible and to fight. And I mean, just listening to you, I feel so much courage on the inside of me. But um, hey, Anthony, honestly, honored to have you here with us. But we want to we wanna get to know you a little more. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, I'll, I'll share real quick my, my testimony, my God story. My wife and I in that apartment, you know, we gave birth to our first son. He's two months old, and we decided to get out of the house for the very first time. So we jumped in the car, and we drove down to San Diego, checked into the hotel, and we were hungry. So we went for a quick bite to eat. I was driving, my wife was in the back seat with our son Christian, and all of a sudden she let out the most god-awful cry you will ever hear from a human being. She screams, I pulled the car over. She jumps out of the car and she starts screaming, Christian's not breathing. I jump out of the, car, out of the driver's seat, go into the back, he's not responsive. So I pinch him, thinking that he's in a deep sleep. He doesn't respond. I pinch him again, I pinch him a third time so hard I almost took flesh off of his leg, no response. I pulled him out of the car seat, I laid him on my lap, no heartbeat, wasn't breathing. I had no clue, I had no idea what to do, I was a new father, so I started to give him CPR. Now, I don't know if you guys have taken CPR, but you do not, an adult is not supposed to provide CPR to a child. My lung capacity is four times his, but I don't know this. So I'm blowing, basically blowing out his lungs, doing everything I possibly can to bring him back. No heartbeat, no breathing. One minute, two minute, three minute. I finally got to a point in that car where I realized there was absolutely no more I can do. And I was no longer worried about his physical safety. I was now worried about his soul. So I remember with my wife screaming outside the car, I lifted my son up lifeless, held him up in the air, and I prayed. And I said, Father God, he is no longer my son. I openly and I freely give him unto you. And in that moment, he moved. 
We jumped in the car. We started to, to make our way to a hospital. Long story short, in the darkness, all we saw was a lit cross. It was Mercy Hospital, San Diego. Drove to the hospital, handed my son over, and for three days they had him hooked up to every machine known to man. They couldn't diagnose it and they couldn't duplicate it. But the miracle wasn't happening in his room. The miracle was happening in the next room where my wife and I were. Because God was a part of our life up until then, but he wasn't the center. And being isolated from our family, being helpless, God moved in that moment. And that was his way of saying, I no longer want to be a part of your life. I need to be the center of your life. And now my son is 25 years old. He's a miracle baby. And God used him to move from the fringe of my life to the center of my life. I mean, I, I think uh, you are an answer to our prayers. We've been believing for a man of faith who run for office. And not only run, but win. Win. How many of you believe that God can do anything? God can shift the hearts of the people of California. Come on, somebody. So talk to us. What's it going to take to win this race? So it's going to take four things. Number one, it's going to take the Latino vote. If the Hispanics don't get involved and they don't vote, we don't win. I'm 50% Mexican, 50% Cuban. I was born here, so I'm 100% American, and we will get the Latino vote. The second thing we need is we need the church, and we are building the biggest church coalition, coalition in the state, incredible pastors, incredible churches like this one, getting behind what we're doing, we will get the church involved. The third thing we need is the fastest growing voting block in California right now, moms. The moms are going to get involved, they're, they're, they're going to change the election because they're angry and they're mad and they do not want to co-parent with our government. And let me tell you quickly, the last thing we need, the last thing we need is the church. Now, I talk to a lot of people that are non-believers. They don't believe in miracles. So they say this is not, not possible. You're never going to win. We're never going to flip our state. I don't really listen to non-believers, and it doesn't bother me that they don't believe. I have a problem when the church starts talking like that. Because here's what I say. Church, you believe that an omnipresent God created the heavens and the earth just by speaking them into existence. You believe the Red Sea was parted. The three men were put into a furnace so hot, the men pushing them in were consumed by fire, but they walked out. That a man entered a lion's den and came out without being devoured. That a few loaves fed the multitude, the blind can see, the lame can walk, and a man hung on a cross, died, was resurrected, and lives again. You believe that, but you don't believe we can take back our schools, our cities, our counties, and our state? We need to start operating in the fullness of the authority given to us as heirs to the throne. It's on you. It's on me. And together we will take back our state. Amazing. I, I, believe, I believe the last day to register is May 23rd. Is that correct? May 23rd is the last day to register. So get all your friends out. If you're not registered to vote, what are you doing? Register to vote. May 28th is when early in-person voting begins. Vote early, vote in person. June 7th is the jungle primary. Only two candidates advance. It's time, you guys. It's time to decide who you're getting behind. It's yeah. time to go all in in prayer and in effort. And it's time to put me into the general against Absolutely. Newsom. Absolutely. Um, 
I, I love that. If, if you're not voting, what are you doing? Yeah. So that's tomorrow, May 23rd. So make sure you register, you vote for Anthony. Actually, I voted for you during the recall. Oh, uh, thank you. yes on the recall, voted for you. Well, um, we're going to finish what we started yes, in the recall. exactly. I love that, um, you know, there was a bunch of people that ran, but then where are they now, you know, during the recall? 46 candidates on September 14th were in the race. On September 15th, the day after, just one. Just one. You're looking at them. Wow. Wow. Uh, make sure you vote for Anthony. You vote for myself. Uh, yes. <laughs> May June 7th. Don't, uh, for, don't forget that one. Plug. Um, but uh, I, I do want to say, I don't know if you watched 2,000 Mules and, and, the, and how they shifted, um, you know, an election through cheating and, in America. But, but in, a, in a righteous way, we can do that in the church. Mm -hmm. So everyone, you know, tell them, register to vote. Just imagine the people of God got to work and the church voted. We could shift things. 40 million people in California... 16.9 are considered Christian of every denomination, including Catholics. Wow. Think about that. If the church actually voted, you would seat every governor and every president in our nation. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, Anthony, why don't you tell us um, um, briefly, what do you see for California? I see a future. I see us being able to resurrect and restore the American dream. I see a day that we have godly men and women in office. I see a day where we reclaim this land for his kingdom and his glory. Come on, give it up for Anthony Tremino, man. Such an honor to have you, brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I, I mean, I, I could go home right now and just feel encouraged. You know, there's, there's many messages out there, but, but there's something else when you, when you have a life that preaches a message. And, and that's what you're doing, Anthony. Thank you so much for being that to all of us, an inspiration. Um, and if you feel so moved in your heart, I, I believe that some, God is going to move some of us to, to actually consider running for office in the near future. I'm so proud of Jesse Vigil. I don't know if you're here. Actually, I think he's preaching. He's preaching at another church. But give it up for Jesse. Jesse's running for the school board. His election is in November, so we need to make sure we vote for him as well. Um, but um, anyways, on, honored to have you here again with us, Anthony. Thank you. Hey, um, I, I'm excited because uh, the Lord gave me a word for us, and I believe it's very timely. I believe it's a word from God, and uh, I believe it's going to encourage us and inspire us to, to, to see what God wants to do. But before that, I just, I just love, I always, I, I tell Pastor Jurgen in the end, uh, if it wasn't for them, I... I my ideology and my vision would be completely different. But the courage that I feel like I have is because it's inspired by them. So can we please give it up for our pastors, Jurgen and Leanne and Mike and Katie. Love you guys. You guys are doing such a great job. How many of you love the song Revive Us? I think it's our best song yet, man. It's incredible. I have it on repeat at home. Amazing. But um, hey, I'm excited about today because I know God gives us strategies. How many of you know that God gives us strategies in his word? God gives us uh, um, ways to strategize to fulfill our assignments. And, and strategy is it's, it's kind of a fancy word to say. He gives you a plan. He gives you a way of doing things. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom, the secrets of the kingdom. How many of you would like to know the secrets of the kingdom? It, it, they're all in his word. 
And uh, I, I am amazed that um, a, a lot of us uh, understand the power of prayer, but, but do we really get it? Do we know what prayer does? Do we understand what prayer can do? So the title of my message this morning is Push, Pray Until Something Happens. I just came up with it. You know, I had a great idea. I'm like, what, what should they title my message? And, you know, it just came to me, Push. But then I found out Pastor Jurgen actually wrote a book called Push, Pray Until Something Happens. So I was like, wow, I texted him, Pastor, look at the title of my message. Just like your book, I didn't even know. I'm just kidding, I'm so inspired by him. But uh, that's, that's the title of the message, Pray Until Something Happens. Because we, we're all in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a season, we're all in, in a place where we want, we want to see God move in our lives. We want to see God shift things. We want to see our marriages work. We want to see our businesses grow. We want promotions. We want money to flow. We want, I mean, we want our children to love God. I, I want to see things in my life. I don't know if you're here this morning, but I'm here because I, I want, and I do life and I pray because I want, I want to see, I'm desperate to see God move in my life and shift things and, and move in California and, and win elections because it's no longer business as usual. I, I want something to happen. I don't want, listen, how sad would it be to just do life and, and, and being hopeless that nothing could ever change? Can you imagine, you know, if you're struggling your, your finances or your marriage, just believing that life will always stay the same? Can you imagine living life like that? Can you imagine waking up and like, oh, I guess this is what life is going to be like, but I so love Awaken Church. Come on, somebody. That deposits courage on the inside of us and faith to believe that God can change and, and move things. Are you with me? That's what we believe. And I still, we're still in the, the, the um, series Culture Clash. It's, it's one of the, the main elements of our church. We are a church that believes in prayer. There is something supernatural that happens when we pray. John Wesley said, um, he said, God does nothing except in response to prayer. I love Rudy once said, when you're saying like God moves, remind me of that, um, you know, the hand that moves the universe. When we pray, prayer moves the hand that created the universe. Think of that. Think of that. What prayer does? I remember when I got saved in 2005 and I was going to the University of San Diego and God just radically changed me, like really touched me, transformed my life. And then my, my two new friends that were Christians said, hey, uh, for the month of January, we're going to pray and fast. So I'm like, all right, I, I, don't, I know nothing about Christianity. This is what we do. I'll fast forever, you know? I don't know. So we did this Daniel fast and we began to pray. So we would meet every day from Monday through Friday for an hour at the University of San Diego at the, the Catholic Church. And we'd, went, we'd go into one of these rooms and we would pray. We'd pray for everything we were believing for. Think of that. Like how blessed was I that I was introduced to Christianity, understanding the power of prayer. So we just, we just began to pray. And we prayed specifically. I was believing that I would walk on the football team and play for USD and not be accepted. My friend was believing for his, uh, this girl that he really liked that, that was actually dating someone else and he was I mean we went to battle y'all like 
every single day. We prayed and we said, God, I thank you that Mike, I forgot his last name, he's no longer going to be dating Christina in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Something's going to happen. His breath is going to stink, you know, I don't know. Um, but we prayed every single day for an hour. And I tell you, during that semester, every single thing we prayed for, we saw it come to pass. My friend Bo is now married to Christina. They have three kids. I mean, that was a crazy miracle. This guy was like really believing God. So I don't know if it's a word for someone, you know. Um, just pray, you know. Um, but that's what prayer does. Prayer changes things. Prayer shifts things. So my first point is prayer Prayer incubates the prophetic. Prayer incubates the prophetic. So the prophetic is like a seed. It's like a, and the prophetic comes in many, many different ways. Maybe sometimes it's during a word from God. Maybe it's like you're reading your Bible and there's a prophetic word that jumps up to you, like the rhema word that we've talked about before. Sometimes it's a thought. Sometimes it's a vision. Sometimes you come to the front and people pray and prophesy over you. And, and, you get, and you get a prophetic word. And, and sometimes it's a dream. You wake up and you go, man, I had this crazy dream. What is it? And it really fills you with faith. This is a prophetic. But what do you do with the prophetic? What do you do once you get a word, you get a prophecy, you get an idea, you come to church? Man, I tell you, uh, if, if you come to church and you're during worship during the message and you open up to heart, your heart to God, the Holy Spirit can deposit a seed in your heart. That's a prophetic. But what do you do with the prophetic? Uh, the definition of the word incubate is the following. To sit on, talking about hens, to sit on eggs so as to hatch by the warmth of the body. To maintain something such as an embryo or a chemically active system under conditions favorable for hatching, development, development or reaction. And then I love this one. To maintain at a favorable temperature and in other conditions promoting development. To maintain at a favorable temperature and in other conditions promoting development. Prayer maintains the prophetic at a favorable temperature and in other conditions promoting development. Prayer maintains at a favorable temperature the prophetic word you've, been, you've received, the seed that God has deposited on the inside of you, promoting development. As I was telling you, there's strategies in the Bible and God gave us uh, um, insight into how things work. It's heavenly. See, when you come to read the Bible, you need to come with the supernatural mindset, not a natural mindset. You just begin to read. And like, oh, see, this, this is not a history book. This is a supernatural book. Come on, somebody. And you begin to read through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. He'll begin to show you things and reveal things to you about your life, about your finances, your future. Come on, about the political climate of California in our region. He'll begin to reveal things about your marriage, your family, your children. As, 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 as you allow the Holy Spirit, I say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see what you see for my life. And I begin to read, Holy Spirit, give me the rhema for today. Holy Spirit, help me see. Open up my eyes, the eyes of my spirit, the eyes of my understanding, that I may understand how you're guiding my life. 
It's right here. So I, I want to look at two passages of Scripture that really illustrate the power of prayer. So Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, um, Jesus has already ascended to heaven. He died, he rose again, ascended to heaven, then he came back, and he, was, uh, he saw a bunch of people once he, once he had resurrected. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, he's talking to his disciples, and he says, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Here comes a prophetic, here comes a promise. Jesus tells his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But the Holy Spirit had not been poured out yet. Here's a promise. Have you ever received a promise? Have you ever received a word from God? Have you, let me ask you this. Are you in a place in your life where you're believing for something? If you're not, let the Holy Spirit reveal to you or awaken in your dreams and, and help you see so you can lift up your eyes like he told Abraham so you can see what God has for your life. Maybe it's a house. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's growth. Maybe it's, it's something, but God is always growing us. So here comes Jesus say, hey, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And, the whole, and, and you're going to receive power from on high. But here are the disciples saying, okay, amen. Where's the Holy Spirit? Have you ever been in a place where you're believing for something so desperately, but nothing is happening? Have you ever been in a place where your soul is longing for change? And, and, and it's, it's not like, like you're really desiring God to move and to shift things and to, and to move things, yet nothing happens. See, the prophetic is like, like a seed that gets deposited in our hearts, but I wonder how many seeds get aborted because we fail to incubate. The prophetic. You know, Jesus talked about it. He said, uh, he's talking about prayer, and he said, you, I'll tell you, it's in Luke chapter 11. He says, you will, your prayer won't be answered, but because of your shameless persistence, he said. Your shameless persistence. And then he goes on to say, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. He's talking about prayer. Listen to this. Actually in Hebrews, Hebrews 6.15, the author says, Surely blessing, he's talking about Abraham. And he goes, Surely blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured incubation, after he had patiently endured, Abraham was incubating. He obtained the promise. So here you have the disciples that Jesus said, hey, the power will come upon you. I can imagine the disciples being like, man, my life sucks right now. My master just died. Everyone I look, they're like trying to kill me and they're persecuting me. But he just said, power will come upon me. That means the, the, and, and the spirit of God will come upon me. I, life's about to change. Amen. And now you've come to church and you get fired up and then you leave and the next morning is like, Are you with me, church? So what did the disciples do? Here you have a group of people that are desperate and longing for change. I'm trying to talk to some people that are believing God for change in their lives. You, you can see, I'm telling you, I close my eyes and I see a brighter Chula Vista. I see a brighter day for our church. I see a brighter Coronado. Man, God has entrusted us, the south region of San Diego, to conquer it. 
bind the strong man, dismantle principalities and powers of the spirit of darkness. Come on, somebody. It's no longer business as usual. I close my eyes and I see the glory of God descending upon his sons and daughters, upon my life, everything I do. What about you? What do you see when you close your eyes? The disciples are longing for change, are longing desperate for God to move and, and nothing is happening. But God gives us the secret. Acts chapter 1 verse 14, the Bible says, The Bible says that the disciples, the apostles, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They continued in what? In prayer and supplication. In prayer, what were they doing? Incubating. They were incubating. They received the promise and they went to work. They prayed. See, God is calling us as a church to a deeper levels of prayer. Deeper levels of devotion, wholehearted devotion to God. I'm telling you, you cannot fulfill the assignment that God has for you without prayer. We cannot. Listen, every, every, I was inspired by Dr. Cho, but I wake up in the morning, I say, Holy Spirit, I'm crying out for more of your anointing this morning. I need more anointing so I can fulfill everything you have for me. I can't do it without your anointing, Holy Spirit, and neither can you. So they got to work and they began to pray and believe God and pray. Pray until something happened. You fast forward Acts chapter 2, this is after they got together to pray. And I want to read the scripture, Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 14. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What were they doing? They were incubating. They were praying. They were believing God. See, this is something you can do individually and you can do it corporately. But every morning you can get up in your own house. Come on, beat the, the snooze demon. Now, you know, oh, I have to wake up early. Well, don't go to bed so late. You know, turn off Netflix for a sec. And the series, it can wait. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want God to move in your life? How desperate are you? How bad are you longing for God to do everything that he has for you? Listen, I, I, this is one of my fears. And, and I do have this. I don't want to get to heaven and for God to show me all that he had for me. That's why I'm willing to go through sacrifice. I'm willing to go through pain. I'm willing to put my life on the line, whatever that means to me personally. So that I, when I get to heaven, God is like, wow, well done, good and faithful servant. Everything and more that I had for you, you accomplished. What about you? How bad do you want it? They were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them 
utterance. What is on the other side of prayer in your life? You see the prophetic God, Jesus prophesies the coming of the Holy Spirit. They get to work and they begin to pray, they incubate the prophetic, the incubate. Remember what Paul said, tells, tells Timothy? He said, uh, wage war with the prophecy spoken over you. When you receive a prophecy, it's Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.18, I believe. When God gives you a prophetic, wage war with that prophecy, wage war. That's, it's, I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's things happening in the spiritual realm that we cannot see. But when we pray, we incubate. And this is what's cool, that God, the, the Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So although there is, there is Satan out there with authority, certain authority over the world, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So when we incubate, nothing can stop the forces of God and the strength of God. You protect with the prophecy and you wage war. We're going to get into a little bit of spiritual warfare in a second, but how bad do you want it? There's people that, can I call you out for a sec? There's people that, you know, we come to prayer. We go to battle every Tuesday morning at 5.30, the men. And, and people want change in their lives, yet they're, they're too lazy to wake up early. Oh, it's too, no, it's too early for me. I need a rest. I have work. Well, you can go on and work your whole life. But, but what if? What if? What if God was just waiting for you to show up on Tuesday morning to pray and intercede and go to battle for your marriage, for your children, for your finances, for your calling, your assignment? Come on, to see the South region of San Diego win for God. Come on, somebody. What if? What if? I'm too tired. I'm, I'm, man, I just, I work too hard. So do I. So does everybody else. Receive it, receive it from a friend that loves you, that wants the best for you. Wake up and come Tuesday morning at 5.30. Actually, be here at 5.25 because we get to work. I'm telling you, we're looking for men that are ready to fight. And women. What time is prayer? Seven? Seven o'clock for the ladies. I was, uh, it was about 2011 and um, I was desperate. We were not making it financially. I mean, we were barely surviving. And um, <clears throat> I go to church on a Sunday, and the church we were going to at the time was going through a fast. And just like some of you, I was lazy. And, and I don't want to speak it over you. I cancel it in Jesus' name. But, but until today, you've been lazy. But God's about to rock you. And, and, and I come and I'm sitting there and the ushers, you know, they're doing their thing. And, and I see this man that I really admired. He was a businessman and he was so skinny and something hit me. I'm like, like he looks skinnier than normal. I'm like, he's fasting. And I looked at him and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You got to get to work. You got to fast if you want to see change in your life. So I'm, I'm kind of an extreme person sometimes. So. I said, I, said, I said to my wife, my mom was my boss at the time. I said, mom, I'm not coming to work for 10 days. I said, I'm going to be in my house, in my room, and I'm going to fast and pray. 
because I really want to see this change. I want to see a shift. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, what do you say, you know? So, so literally, I said, baby, I'm not going to do anything for 10 days. I'm going to get just water, and I'm going to go after it because that's how bad I want it. So first day, you know, went through withdrawals of coffee. Second, third day. But I'd pray and worship every day. Every day. Day one, two, three. We were believing for breakthrough. See, Some of you are believing for breakthrough, but how bad do you want it? Are you willing to go through the strategies that God gives us and incubate the prophetic Things had been spoken over us at the time, and, and we were, and I said, enough. So day one, two, three, four, five, six, day seven, just water. And once you get to, through day three, you stop getting hungry. You're just like, it's actually fun. <laughs> and day eight, I'd, I'd pray. I was like a baby. I'd pray, take naps. <laughs> you don't have, like, there's no much energy. You're not taking any calories, you know. And then I was reading this book on fasting. I'd pray, and take another nap and get up again and okay let's go again and pray day eight I feel the whole when you fasted for seven eight days just water you're like really in tune with the Holy Spirit because you turn everything else down like all the noise of the world and 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 you can really and I felt the Holy Spirit telling me hey you're done with the fast I'm like no I got two more days you're done so I come out to the living room and I open my Bible and I hear the Holy Spirit say Mark 5 31 and there's a story of when Jesus is walking through the multitudes and, and someone touched him. So the Bible said that Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, what do you mean who touched you? They're all around you. Like, what do you mean? He said, no, I felt power. I felt power come out of me, he said. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me, you've touched me. You're done. Three months later, we get our broker's license and life changed for us. How bad do you want it? How bad are you willing to go through the sacrifice of incubating the prophetic that's been spoken over you in warfare for your future? Come on, somebody. Here you have another example, Elijah. Elijah has just uh, gone through defeating all the, the, the prophets of Baal. He, I mean, major victory. And he, he said, he tells Ahab, hey, go and get ready because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. He prophesies. Sense the prophetic. Then he goes up on the mountain. What do you do? The Bible says that he put his head between his knees and he began to pray. He began to incubate the prophetic. He was just putting the, pr the prophetic in the right temperature, spiritual temperature. And he begins to pray and he sends a servant. Hey, do you see, do you see a cloud? He says, I see nothing. Go again. Seven times he's praying and praying. And then the rain came. Again, you see the prophetic, the incubation, and then you see the promise. It's a pattern. Whatever God, whatever word's been spoken over you, I'm telling you, it's a time. God is calling us to a time of deeper levels of prayer. Can I hear an amen? amen. And then my, my second point is prayer shifts a region. Prayer shifts a region. In, in, in Acts, we see the, the, the manifestation of the promise, and it shifted the whole world upside down because of prayer. Acts chapter 4, the Bible says that they were, the disciples were praying and the earth actually shook. 
And right after that, it says that there was great grace upon them all and none of them lacked. There was prosperity upon the church because of prayer. The political climate changed, everything changed. Elijah, he prophesies, he prays, the rain comes. It changed, the, the, the whole economic climate of the region changed because of rain. Agriculture began to boom again. Everything shifted because of prayer. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to incubate? I'm telling you in the mornings, I pray and say, God, I thank you for the Shekinah glory of God that is in me. And I begin to see the glory of God in every area of my life. I see it over my wife. I see it over my children. I see, I see a, a brighter, the, the blessing, the favor, the anointing of God on their lives. I see it over my businesses. I see it every business. I see the glory of God uh, shifting things. And I begin to incubate. I begin to imagine. I see the glory of God over my campaign in the name of Jesus. I see funds coming in. I see people, God turning their hearts and, and people, God turning the hearts of the people of Chula Vista. Come on, for conservative values, faith, freedom, opportunity, family, prosperity. Not to depend upon the government. I begin to see it. I see the glory of God over everything. You can do this too. Because prayer shifts a region. Our pastors, Jürgen and Leanne, have entrusted, entrusted pastors Mike and Katie to conquer the south region of San Diego. It's going to take an army. But we can do it. We can do this. I, was, uh, I went to uh, this event on Thursday. Uh, 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 an event to, it was like a fundraiser for protection for the nation of Israel. And it was fascinating, everything that Israel goes through and what they mean to the world. I mean, they're God's chosen people. We love Israel. And um, the guy, that, the keynote speaker was a, a soldier. He'd been in I don't know how many battles. Won all of them. And then afterwards, Pastor Jurgen is talking to, to this lady who had been in the military as well. And she goes, you know why Israel wins all their battles? And he goes, no, tell me. And she said, because we have to. We have no other choice. Because we have to win. What would it look like? Pastor Jurgen goes, what would it look like if that was our mindset? When we go to battle, we win because we have to. There's no other choice. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is awakening men and women right now to respond to the call of prayer in your own home and Tuesday mornings here. Because we're fighting. It's not just to see what do I get out of it. No, we come to fight. We come to battle. We come and declare and prophesy over the prosperity of our region. Come on. We come and prophesy over our children, over the education system. This is how we're going to see revival in our region, Coronado, Chula Vista, in the south part of San Diego, through prayer. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers of the air, the kingdom of darkness. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds. Matthew 16, 19 says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is Jesus speaking. 
And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. God has given us strategies to bind the demonic forces that are trying to, to cloud the hearts and the vision of the people of our region. But the Bible says that whatever we bind on earth, come on somebody, we'll be bound in heaven. And whatever we lose on earth, we lose angels to fight for us in the name of Jesus. We lose the favor of God and the blessing of God and the anointing of God over the region of Chula Vista and South San Diego. We bind it. Luke 11, listen to this teaching. Jesus said, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. That is us. There's a strong man over the south part of San Diego. A demonic strong man. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And when we come to prayer, we bind the strong man in the name of Jesus and we release the anointing and the blessing of God over his people. Because when the righteous are in authority, come on somebody, the people rejoice. It's what we see in the Bible. Daniel chapter 10. I want to give you my third point actually first. Join the fight on Tuesday mornings. join the fight on Tuesday mornings. I'm telling you, prayer is not to see what you get out of it. Prayer is for you to come and join the fight. It's going to take all of us, but we can do it. Daniel chapter 10, Gabriel was sent to Daniel, but the prince of Persia withstood him, the Bible says. There was a strong man. Angel, Gabriel was an angel. And, and God heard the prayers of Daniel and he dispatches Gabriel to Daniel. And then the prince of Persia withstood Daniel, uh, Gabriel. This is spiritual warfare happening. But then something really unique happens that um, Daniel begins to pray and fast for 21 days. And then, and then the archangel Michael comes and he, and he fights. This is the prince of your region. He comes and he fights the prince of Persia. So Gabriel's released. Can you imagine this in heaven happening? And Gabriel's released and he comes to Daniel. And then he says something really interesting. He said, I was sent in response to your word, but I was left alone. No one else was praying. He was left alone. No one else was praying. But thank God for Awakened Church. Come on, somebody. That we are a people that pray, that can see in the Spirit. We're going to conquer the south part of San Diego through prayer. And I think it's so prophetic. The song was just released, Revive Us. We're going to see revival in the name of Jesus. Can we all stand as we pray? Before, before we end, I, I want to ask you a question. You can close your eyes for a sec. But you're here today and you feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit began to move in your heart and show you things. Yeah, just close your eyes for a sec. It's just you and God. Just you and God. But I just see the Holy Spirit right now like a general and he's enlisting people 
that are willing to fight. Willing to fight. That are being filled with courage right now. Some of you, you know, don't come to prayer because you don't even know, you feel like you don't even know how to pray. And that's what keeps you from coming. But the Holy Spirit is going to fill you with courage. And you're going to learn how to pray, how to fight, just like when you enlist in the army. You learn tactics and you learn strategy and you learn how to use a weapon and you get trained. See, prayer will be not, o- not only will be a place to fight, but also a training ground. But you're here this morning with your eyes closed and you feel the call to fight for your region. I want you to raise your hand all over the place. It's just you and God. And your eyes closed. And I want you to raise your hand because I believe the Holy Spirit is calling people. If that's who you feel in your heart, the call to fight for your region, I want you to raise your hand. Say, that's me. And I want you to keep it up because I want you yourself to hold yourself accountable. It's nobody else. just you. There's no prayer police. Oh, why weren't you in prayer? It's just you and the Holy Spirit. Keep it up. Don't get tired. Come on. For some of us, it's be a nice little workout on our shoulders. Come on, somebody. Haven't gone to the gym in three months. I haven't been to the gym in like eight months. Okay, this is the, the biggest workout I do when I lift my arms at church. Come on. Don't get tired. Lift it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. That's you. God, the Holy Spirit is calling you to join the fight. Man, we see hundreds of men coming Tuesday morning. We see hundreds of women coming Tuesday morning in the name of Jesus. Keep it up. That's you. Keep it up. And I want you to hold yourself accountable. You will be here Tuesday morning. No longer lazy. You wake up early. Rise to meet with the Holy Spirit and go to battle in the name of Jesus. Keep it up. If you're tired, let it be a way to keep you accountable. Come on, Tuesday morning in the name of Jesus. Okay, you can put your hands down. You can open your eyes. I'll end with this. In South Korea, Dr. David Yonghee Cho started something called Prayer Mountain. There's different accounts, but most people say that on a daily basis, he had about 3,000 to 5,000 people praying every single day. Every day. 3,000 to 5,000 people praying. They'd come and they'd be on their knees weeping and weeping to see God move. The weekends there was 10,000 people praying, just praying. The church grew to be about a million, a million members. He shifted, listen to this, prayer shifts the region. South Korea used to be a Buddhist na- nation. It became a Christian nation. Yeah, come on, give it glory to God. One of the fastest growing Christian nations in the world, South Korea. Because what? People pray. People incubate it. That's us. That's us. I've been talking to a bunch of people and the mantle, I'm telling you, the mantle to fight and to change regions is there for people to take it and Awaken Church is taking it. Hey, come on. God bless you guys. Thank you for, for being here. Come on. Can we give it up for Pastor Marco? Woo! I'll be there Tuesday morning. We're going to close the service here in one second. Just stay standing. Um, You know, I think uh, one of the the big complaints, if that's the word, people have about awakened churches, we talk about politics. Well, listen. About a hundred times Jesus said, 
the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is here. Repent. The kingdom of heaven. What is a kingdom? It's a form of government. Like the only thing Jesus talked about was government. Government has to do with people. And so, of course, of course, we want to see God in government. And that's why we have amazing men of God like Anthony Tremino, Pastor Marco Contreras, Jesse Vigil. We promote them. We support them. So I want to just, as we close, let's stretch our hands out toward Anthony Tremino and pray blessing over him. God, we thank you for your servant, God. We thank you for your vice regent in the earth that you have dispatched to win the race. God, we're, we're, not, we're not pie in the sky. We're a, we're a church that believes in results. God, that we believe that we're going to win elections, that we're going to change laws, that we're gonna dismantle wickedness in Jesus' name. And we thank you for Anthony Tremino. We bless his campaign, God. We pray financial blessing. We pray influence, God. We pray victory. In Jesus' name, we pray over his family, over his five amazing children, over his wife, God, that, that just as King David said, that you, you prepare a place for me, a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I pray that that would be the testimony of the Tremino family, even though they're, they're getting slandered by wicked people, even though there's warfare, and even though they have to go to battle every single day, that there would be a supernatural peace over the Tremino household. God, that they would, they would feel that truth, God, that you have prepared a table for them in the presence of their enemies. And God, ultimately, we pray for victory in Jesus' name. We pray for victory for Pastor Marco Contreras at the Chula Vista City Council. We pray for victory for Jesse Vigil at the school board. God, we pray for a wave of godly men and women taking office, dismantling principalities, protecting the most innocent among us in the unborn God, protecting our children in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that we will see a godly California in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.